0: podcast about the memorial to enslaved laborers and the legacy of slavery at UVA. I'm your host, Tristan Gornieri, and on this episode, we will be discussing the individuals who built the university, the process of finding and adding names to the memorial, and how the memorial impacts the Charlottesville community. In a dark charnel filled with the stench of burning flesh, Lewis boils bodies. A charnel has two meanings. It is a place to store bones of the dead, which is why Thomas Jefferson designed it when constructing his anatomical theater at the University of Virginia. It was meant to give students surgical practice they couldn't get elsewhere primarily through the dissection of corpses. However, a charnel is also a place of violent death. The corpses used were almost entirely black. Many belonged to enslaved laborers, and many were stolen from their graves by the same white people who oppressed them. For 18 years, Lewis's job as enslaved labor at UVA Meant dealing with this reality on a daily basis. He washed, embalmed, dissected, cleaned, and boiled black bodies. His morbid work made him an outcast even in his own community. UVA students mocked him by giving him the name Anatomical Lewis, forever associating him with the grisly work that was forced upon him. By 1860, Lewis no longer appears in university historical records, and his written history comes to a sudden end. Lewis is just one of 577 names on the UVA Memorial for Enslaved Laborers. Most of these individuals remain unknown, but they have not been forgotten. There are members of the Charlottesville community, including genealogists and direct descendants, who are trying to honor and call attention to enslaved laborers' contributions to UVA. However, this work is no small task. The memorial is built in a space visited by many different people every day, each bringing unique perspectives and interpretations. As UVA carefully works to acknowledge its problematic past, Dealing with such sensitive information can be slow and difficult. It is even more frustrating when there's still so much left to do. Yet, progress is still being made. Recently, five new names have been added to the memorial thanks to the work of Myra Anderson, a descendant of enslaved laborers. We got the chance to talk with Myra about her family's connection to Jefferson and UVA.
1: My family goes back seven generations to this Community. I didn't realize that my family had any connection to the University of Virginia um, at all. My grandmother had told me a few times growing up that our ancestors were enslaved at Monticello, but I didn't actually believe that because we had visited Monticello in school and they never mentioned that there were slaves there.
0: Myra is a direct descendant of the Hearn family, who were not only enslaved laborers at Monticello, but also helped build the grounds at UVA. Her ancestors' names were left off the memorial when it was first constructed, even though there was substantial record of their time at Monticello and UVA.
1: There were five others whose names um, were all over Monticello's records as having gone to the university, but when the memorial first became available for the public to visit, I noticed those names were not up there.
0: According to the records at Monticello, David and Isabel Hearn worked in the house, the fields, and in the shops. Their family has been described as a complex network of people who cross all social and occupational borders within the plantation. David and Isabella had three children who were purchased by men connected with the university. David or Davy Hearn, Lily Hearn, and Thurston Hearn.
1: Davy was actually my uncle by bloodlines. My aunt Edith Hearn trained in the White House when Thomas Jefferson was there for seven years under a French cook. And for the last 15 years of Thomas Jefferson's life, Edith ran the kitchen and alongside her, her sister-in-law, Fanny, they prepared meals every single day.
0: Trained in stone cutting, Thrimson Hearn helped construct the steps that led from the lawn to the second floor of the rotunda. He is even mentioned on the memorial timeline because of his contributions at UVA. This description, however, raised some concerns for Myra.
1: I will tell you, I don't like what they wrote um, etched in stone on the timeline at the memorial as it relates to him. It says, um, a very tolerable, tolerable stone cutter. And the reason I don't like that is, first of all, that's not a compliment. And second, I don't like the fact that they just didn't stick to the facts of what he did but they put an opinion in there of a slave master because the whole idea of this memorial is to memorialize the people who were enslaved. You're still taken away from his dignity by characterizing him with something, the opinion of a slave master.
0: For the average person walking through the memorial, Thurmson Hearn's description might go unnoticed. It's hard to predict the impact five words can have on a passerby, but when there is a direct connection, these words are personal. Myra's response highlights the fact that even though the MEL attempts to honor individuals, there is still a lot of work to be done. Myra expressed that she thinks there should be a bigger focus on descendants. Luckily, it seems in this respect that University and Myra were on the same page. A memorial can only do so much, so U.V. has taken steps in looking towards the future.
2: My name is Dr. Shelley Viola Murphy. I am hired by UVA as the descendant project researcher to find the descendants of the enslaved laborers who basically built the university for Thomas Jefferson.
0: Dr. Murphy is a genealogist. Genealogy is a study of families, family history, and the tracing of their lineage. But Dr. Murphy puts it in much simpler terms.
2: Genealogy is about time, place, and asking questions. Having the basic knowledge of genealogy is a plus. I've got 30 plus years as a genealogist and I've researched several different states on a personal level.
0: Her research starts with a date and the name of a person who owned enslaved people. Dr. Murphy then searches online databases for any sign of these individuals in various plantations and communities across Virginia. Despite what many might think, a lot of her work requires researching white people who own enslaved people, in addition to the enslaved people themselves.
2: They go hand in hand. You cannot do one or the other research without looking at the other. Just doesn't work that way, regardless of what people think.
0: Her typical day involves making charts, asking questions, and using social media to reach people in the community. Dr. Murphy even created a Facebook group called Descendants of Enslaved Communities at the University of Virginia.
2: I centered my research just on Central Virginia, and I thought that was more than enough, because there's just me researching, there's no team or anything and what I needed to do was control my environment. How will people find me? How will I find people?
0: Dr. Murphy works alone. There is no descendant research team, just her working seven days a week doing as much as possible to track those the university tried to forget. The process is slow and painful and success is never a guarantee. But even when names are found, getting them on the memorial can be just as difficult. Myra went through this arduous process and she ended up changing the way UVA handled the addition of new names on the memorial going forward. Myra gave us insight into this process.
1: 18 months of going back and forth with the university, which was at times very frustrating and also incredibly confusing. When I finally got connected with the right person, while they had figured out a system to get these initial names up there they hadn't figured out a second system for vetting additional names so they actually had to form a committee of descendants and I think faculty a conglomeration of a lot of people and come up with a way to to vet new names at times, I wanted to give up. Like I wanted to say, you know what? This this is just too long and too ridiculous, and all of these things. I really wanted to get up, give up on the whole thing. But you know what? My DNA would not let me. You know, I, I felt the strength of my ancestors to keep pushing. In December, um, I got a letter from the university, and it basically outlined they acknowledged that it had been a frustrating process for me. And they, you know, apologized for that and said that the names would be added, moving into that space and seeing those names in one way. It was very powerful for me because it's like my ancestors made their mark on history by helping to build that university. And here I am, like seven generations later, and I'm making that same mark on history by making sure that their names are on this wall.
0: Dr. Murphy is also making her mark on history. And for her, it is an emotional journey.
2: My biggest challenge, which is a, is a lot of emotion when you do this type of research, it's an up and down. I love the success when I find somebody and then link them down to a, a descendant today. But some of the challenge that I experience and it's really kind of depressing, depressing too, is the first name only folks because I feel I'm leaving somebody behind.
0: I'm a student at the University of Virginia. I graduate this year, and this research project was one of the first times I heard the stories of these enslaved laborers. I remember seeing the original plaque that was meant to honor enslaved individuals at the university. It felt like the enslaved laborers deserved so much more. UV has been trying to make their history more apparent something that's not diminished by a small plaque in a dark hallway beneath the rotunda. Dr. Murphy has a similar story to
2: mine. I'm 69 years old, they didn't teach me any of this, none of this, and it's still not being taught. And and African-Americans that have this legacy behind them, we keep forgetting that white America also has that legacy. You can hide all you want. You can have fear. You could be ashamed. It happened. You need to help keep it from continuing to happen.
0: As a student, it's hard to say what the memorial means to me. Walking through it is an experience that's hard to describe. In one sense, it's unsettling. With the number of names missing on the memorial, it can feel that we've barely put a dent in discovering these people's stories. Yet it's also calm. Dr. Murphy described her experience.
2: Walk through that memorial, and put your hands across those names and walk through there. They were real people and they need to be acknowledged in honor for what they have done. And it's not just that UVA. It's an honor to be able to connect with them because right now, all those that are on that list, those are my family, and my job is to find my ancestry, you know, that's on that wall or whose name is going to be put on that wall. So we're looking for more constantly.
0: I find when I walk through the memorial, the sounds of a normally busy campus fade away. I'm left thankful that I got to know these stories better, but also uncertain about where to go from here. Uncertainty feels like something the university struggles with as well. The memorial's creation was largely a student-led effort, and although a huge step for UVA, it's hard to decide where to go from here. Do we memorialize enslaved laborers in other ways? Do we shift our focus to descendants? Where do we find these answers? The answer may lie with community figures like Myra and Dr. Murphy, who have strong opinions about what steps the university should take.
2: there's an opportunity that we need to look to another generation. My feelings would be we need to make sure that younger generation understands and will be prepared by being educated, could be scholarships, whatever you want to do, reparations, towards stuff like that, that they are prepared to understand what was there, how they might connect. And even if you don't connect by ancestry, you connect by race. Now let's see the faces and see that that next generations are the ones that are given the tours and and educating their own age group or
1: adults on what they've learned, what they've experienced, and where does it go from there? I'm beyond thinking about ways, more ways to, to honor or memorialize and more about, you know what, These descendants are still here, whose ancestors were enslaved there. How can we work now to try to redress some of that? Because while this university has flourished off of the blood, sweat, and tears of my ancestors, there are people, families, individual descendants who have continued to struggle. I would like to see the university put some energy into that as a way to truly memorialize more than words and more than symbols.
0: More seems to be a word that keeps coming up in discussions about the memorial. We want more names, more descendants, more ways to honor and acknowledge this university's past. In our interview with Myra, she left us with a final thought to consider.
1: Historical events have modern day legacies. And I think that's what I'm still living in under the the legacy of my ancestors and under the legacy of how the university was founded
0: This podcast was produced by Jesse Lynch, Abigail Gradle, Alejandra Joaquin, and Tristan Gornieri as part of a collaborative project for Professor Steph Sarasso's Writing with Sound Class at UVA. Special thanks go out to the UVA Special Collections Library, Dr. Shelley Murphy, and Myra Anderson. This podcast was made possible in part by funding from the UVA English Department. A full list of audio and textual sources used in the production of this podcast can be found in the transcript associated with this episode. Thank you for listening.